What's up, boys and girls? It's time for episode 11 of Running with the Money. Matt Gather will be calling in with his picks in a little bit. I'm Mitch Michaels, and is he a heel? Is he a face? Kent Brown in studio. Welcome. It's good to be here. It's good to be back in the great state of California. And I definitely think that, you know, whether you travel out east or you travel to the Midwest, this is the West Coast is where you want to be for sure. Two weeks still in character. I love it. Kent Brown is just rolling, rolling again with another big week. You've definitely got the leaderboards going on. Yeah, take a bow. Iowa State, Ames, coming up big again for you. I know you have that deep affinity for them, and, and you just love them. They, they cover again against Kansas, one of your favorite picks and one of your favorite towns, right? Well, they did well. I think last week them and Iowa both found a way to cover again for me, but Iowa State has been very good. But I don't know. I think this week that I have a little bit of conflicting views on the state of Iowa at this moment. I don't want to get into too much detail, but let's just say that I'm not necessarily in love with what I see the bookmakers put out this week in terms of the Iowa State Cyclones. I don't love them as much as I've loved them in the past three or four weeks. We're gonna we're gonna circle back to that because that's very confusing and, and, and downright ridiculous. But not at all. Not not at all. Okay, okay. Well, who's your big winner this week then in the college football landscape if we if we circle back to some of the games last week, Kent, because Michigan putting it on Penn State, getting into a top four spot in the playoff, and then Alabama again just I mean they're we're seven two and one in our money maker picks, but we're not taking the huge victory lap that we normally do because this just seemed like a common sense pick. It was a common sense pick. Bama's clearly the biggest winner when it comes to this. You beat number three and you make them look like an NAIA school. That's a good thing for you. As for Michigan, you said that they put it on Penn State. Penn State, they, they did it in front of a hundred plus thousand in the big house. Normally, Penn State puts it on okay. other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And then they act like they didn't see it. But nonetheless, Michigan just completely just dominated Penn State. The crowd was doing the Penn State, oh, 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 oh. and they were just just going into. They put the knife in the Penn State. They twisted that knife. And it's good it was a knife because we know. Yeah, Penn yeah, State right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah. But overall, I think that Michigan definitely proved their worth in that game. And Jim Harbaugh has his Wolverines, where a lot of us, at least myself and Matt Gothard, didn't think they would be at this point in the season. They're up to number four in the playoff rankings. They still have a pretty tall task in Ohio State and Columbus in a couple weeks. But Michigan looks the part, and they did to Penn State what Penn State did to them last week, last year. Yeah, they Michigan, Penn State's been falling apart. We've kind of seen yeah. And I would say another yeah. winner too, though. I want to throw one more in, but I know Gothard has a different opinion on this. In terms of wins and losses, Washington State was a big winner because uh, if they yeah. lost, they were out of the entire discussion on the national race. I know that they had some missed kicks down the stretch, they had yeah. some mishaps, <laughs> and therefore they weren't a winner in Vegas, but they were a winner in staying alive for a potential college football playoff berth. But I do know our boy Matt, who had a pretty good week in Vegas. That was his one late night bet last Saturday that might have taken him so far out of the path that that's I, between you and I. I've gotten some confirmation that that might be why he's not here right now. Yeah. It's because of what Washington State's kickers. I'm not saying he's out trying to find and locate this Washington State kicker, no. but I'm not 100% certain that Matt's not waiting outside his door, getting ready to. You know, do something to him if he steps out. Yeah, we're Yelp uh, buddies on that app, and uh, I've noticed he's been reviewing a lot of things in Pullman. So I don't know. I mean, that could just be he just has an affinity for the city. But. And even scarier, right across the border in Moscow, Idaho, 
a lot of time in Moscow. And we're not talking with the Russians either. We're talking with the people from the great state of Idaho. Great state. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have as big of a financial investment, but it hurt me as well. Seven-point favorites they close as, and Washington State misses a field goal late and then scores the touchdown, misses the extra point. Now, did you last week, and I know I haven't been here on location for a couple weeks now. I've been out stumping. I mean, I've been out. Stumping, I've been yeah. out just checking in with people across the country, I should say. Yeah, shaking but, hands and kissing babies, yeah. Well, exactly. And whoever else want me to kiss them. I'm, I'm down, you know. I can make sacrifices. It's not a long list, but yeah. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah. It's a longer list than you would think for the last month. You might have to pay a few people off, but hey, right. that's what go you do. Briefcases, yeah, but go ahead. Hey, that's still a kiss. So, you were saying? <laughs> I was saying, did you heed my advice and make the bets that I've been telling you guys to be making these last few weeks? Because I know just yourself and you know our buddy Solly, about a month or so ago, you guys were in a deep, dark place when it came to losing some Very bets. deep, dark place. Last I week was good. Last week was good. Ohio State killed me. That was a bad loss. And Washington State. But outside of that, yes, last week was a good week. Those were the two games that really hurt. But I, I hope that – I know that my advice has been bad. Georgia, love them. Love what they did to Kentucky. That was a big winner for me as well. And, yeah, of course, was. Bama. And uh, I did want to bring up the one line that we talked about that you actually, you know, joking State brought up, Clemson. <laughs> that was – they did it. They covered that enormous line. Davos' son scored. And – Suddenly this Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback thing, is uh, fitting like a glove. The rust is off. You know one of the ones that we should have taken the last couple weeks that we didn't, and about 30 minutes into the game I went, we need to take? Clemson first half. So I'm just going to throw that out there. This, yeah, that's kind this of week, a, yeah. It's 10 and a half. Clemson's been playing so I, well. I love Clemson a full game this week. I don't think BC is that good. We, we were in the same position with them, what, two months ago? And Gother was the one that was on top of it, the Purdue game. He's like, Boston College isn't that good. AJ Dillon good. might not even play. It's possible he's out. The college game day game's there, and it's a, what, 18 or 19-point line. <laughs> so it's huge. But I just think overall, that line's at 10.5 for the first half. The way Clemson's been playing, that might be like 23-3 to three at the half or yeah. something. And, and then we would look back at it and go, why didn't we take that? It's a good point. That really is. Uh, and, and I thought in the Notre Dame game against Northwestern, that was about what I expected. I think that was... Notre Dame winning, it got a little tight. Northwestern's a scrappy team, but Notre Dame pulls away late. That was that was a pretty good showing, a good college football game. It shows that Notre Dame is battle-tested now. And Northwestern, they got this game against Iowa, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit. They're double-digit underdogs on the road, but this is a, a must-win for both teams. So this is, this is well, what you want to see. Well, it's funny for Northwestern <laughs> is if Northwestern loses this game, all they still have to do is beat Illinois and Minnesota, and they still win the division. <laughs> So if they can lose this game, yeah. and as long as they win their last two, they're in the Big Ten Crazy. championship game at 7-5, and five, and they've already completed an over <laughs> out-of-conference this year in terms of losing every out-of-conference game. So for Northwestern, yeah, they're a hard-fought team. In that Notre Dame game, they had zero penalties. They had zero turnovers. Ian Book, unfortunately, gets hurt. He plays through the game, but he is out this week, probably out next week against Syracuse. Fortunately, Brandon Wimbush has been a pretty good player when he's played. He just... The offense is limited with him because they can't do a lot of the passing stuff the book can do. But, yeah, overall, I thought that Northwestern, there's a reason I didn't throw that out there as, like, one of my go-to bets. I could, I wouldn't have been surprised if Notre Dame won by 7 or won by 9. And, you know, they win by 10. That was right where the line was. But that didn't surprise me. So, I, so Northwestern is going to win this Big Ten West, we think. 
And it, probably if they lose to Iowa and win the last two games, it's going to come down to that week one game against Purdue with all that craziness at the end of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's when we talk about the college football season, but it, it can you know come down to one thing in week one every time. It's pretty fascinating. Well, it was a fun week. we got to move on to this week. We're already on week 11. It's, it's insane that we're it's moving. just moving fast. Hold on to your, uh, your hats here because we're going to get going. And before we get going into this week as we record this on Friday morning, I want to say my next uh, favorite tradition is, you know, it's, it's this time of year. It's November. If you're in the mi- Midwest or East, leaves changing. We're about to get ready to winter. And North Carolina State's a fraud again. I love every time. I mean, I, it's just every we're getting to this point again where they start out great and then they're just giant frauds. They lose the Wake Forest. They blow that game. I couldn't believe they were ranked 14. That was my biggest takeaway of the college football playoff poll was just how did they move up seven spots? I don't know why they were ranked 21 two weeks ago, and then this week they're ranked 14, and it's just like, who? They, they, beaten, they beat, beat BC once. Okay, that's a nice one. Best, best game was the West Virginia canceled game. That's, yeah, that's, that, the, that's the highlight of their resume. Yeah. And they lose to Wake Forest at home last night. They give up a last-minute touchdown. And, yes, I, I'm with you on that. They were a fraud. And it's not their fault they were ranked 14th, no. but for the committee to put them there, I don't get it. And I'm glad they're out. That, yeah, and the way they lost that game, too, they go for it on fourth and three late. I know they had some kicking issues, but they call a shotgun play that's just not well designed, and Wake just beats them. So they're done and finished. The uh, the North Carolina State Wake Forest rivalry game, if we can even call it that. Was, they had an inside track to make a New Year Six game, where if they won out and they were nine and two, and let's say they end up ranked like ninth or tenth or eleventh, they would have probably been that second ACC team because it's sure as hell not going to be a team from the coastal. And therefore, if Clemson goes on to do what we expect, <laughs> NC State could have potentially just snuck into a New Year Six game, pretty much by doing nothing this season, but by beating mediocre teams. Can't do that now. Now they can. Demon Deacons got him. Friday night slate of games. Tonight's slate of games are actually pretty good because I do like Syracuse, Louisville. I think Syracuse should be in good position to cover that 20 and a half points against a terrible Louisville team. But there's another game on there that you love. Oh, and yeah. It's Fresno State and Boise State. Fresno State on the road. Only two and a half point favorites with that defense. I Dare I say, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. Yeah, four of their last five weeks, they've held teams to seven points or less. Fresno State's defense, I was actually at the Rose Bowl when they killed UCLA early in the season. They did lose a game to Minnesota earlier this year, and Winfield made a ridiculous interception at the end to seal that game. Fresno State's playing at another level. I think they're a top-20 team. I look at Boise State as a nice team, but I still remember that Oklahoma State game about a month and a half ago when they just got worked from start to finish. Fresno State's not going to need to score 40 points to win this. If they can get in the 20s, I think that'll be more than good enough. The fact that this line's not closer to seven is, to me, a positive because I look at this where Boise's a public team nationally. There's going to be a lot of people that go to Vegas. They're going to see Boise State at home on a Friday. They're going to say, only two and a half. You've got to take Boise State. No, you don't. I hope you do. But we here on Running With The Money, we're not taking Boise State. We're going with the Bulldogs. I think Fresno State wins. I expect them to win by more than a touchdown. And I feel like they're one of the more complete West Coast teams. And it's funny, I saw a headline earlier this week that said, is Fresno State the best team in the state of California? And I thought, yeah. I mean, without even thinking about it, in college football this year, by far they're the best team in the state. UCLA sucks. (laughs) Cal's okay. Stanford's okay. USC's okay. They're in the mix. They're definitely, I I, I wouldn't. They are right now. As of today. As we're saying, like, resume-wise, yeah. Okay, well, no, but they're just the most complete So you think team. they'd beat them all? 
Yeah, I mean, they've every team they've played in the state so far that they've okay. played, they okay. beat. San Diego State's in the argument. Yeah. Again, San Diego State might be second <laughs> or third, but Fresno State has just been the best. And you got to give a lot of credit to Jeff Tedford and what he's done there turning this program around. And I think they win by more than a touchdown tonight. I know we're going to get Gothard's voicemail later. I know he's in agreement. He's in agreement here. I really like this bet this week, and I would not be all at all opposed to making this our money maker. You know, mm. in about forty minutes when we make this pick. But I love the Bulldogs tonight, okay. and the way they're playing, they just they seem to be a way more complete team than Boise, who's good, but they're not on Fresno's level right now. That blue field just doesn't scare people like it used to. So. No. Uh, you know, Fresno's not a bunch of geese that are just going to fly right into it and die. So, with that though, let's 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 bring in Gothard's picks and uh, let's see. From parts unknown, Matt Gothard, this is what he has to say this week. Yo, guys, what's up? I got just two picks this week. Um, I got Alabama minus twenty-four and a half against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's only averaging a touchdown or less in each of their losses. I don't think they're going to win this game, so I'm going roll tide yet again. I'm going to ride that bandwagon until the wheels fall off. And I'm also going to take the losers of last week, LSU, minus 13.5 against Arkansas. Everybody beats Arkansas. And so I think that's a perfect bounce back for LSU. Yeah, they're going to be down, but they still have a lot to play for. So those are my two big picks. I also like the Falcons minus four against the Browns this week. Uh, and also Fresno State tonight. So Bama, again. LSU. A little, a little different there, but he does like Fresno State, and he had to just twist the knife and take the Falcons against the Browns this week, which, thank you for that. Don't you want a better draft pick? <laughs> Why do you keep, well, I guess you have your big Mayfield now, so you want to win, but. A better yeah. pick to a point, yeah. I Yeah, that's true. Although, this year's draft, it's, uh, well, we can get into that later. <laughs> I, and then, I have no faith that the Hazel regime is going to make it work, but. Oh, speaking, of NFL, speaking of NFL, man, the Steelers just destroying the Panthers last night. Oh, man, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. You had a good Carolina team that came in. They score first, so they're up 7 nothing. You're thinking, oh, this is going to be a tough game. And then the Steelers just boat racing for the entire game. That was impressive. I have to admit, I did not see a 30-plus point win happening. I, I did, Anytime you hang a half a hundred on a team... In any football level, it's nice, but in the NFL, that's really impressive. Cam Newton playing down 52-14. to 14. <laughs> Carolina's first-string offense is in there. Yeah, it's like they're just trying to send the message. Like, you guys have been so bad. We don't care if you get hurt. Just stay in. <laughs> yeah, just, just stay in. All right, Saturday's games, pretty exciting. I want to lead off with this one because we're doing this with good teams a lot now. Can they cover these ridiculously high spreads? Michigan's playing another bad Big Ten team. They're going they're going to Rutgers, and Rutgers is getting 38 points. I think Harbaugh can do it. I think they can cover 38 points against the Scarlet Knights. Well, he put up, I think when they were really good a few years ago, he hung 70-plus on them. So I, I Harbaugh's going to want to score 50-plus in this game. He's, he's not the type of coach that wants to win like 27-10 to 10 so he doesn't embarrass an opponent. If they can win 57 nothing, he'll do it. So I'm kind of with you. Again, I don't want to bet this because, A, I don't really want to root for Michigan. No, never. B, on the other hand, I don't really want to watch much of this game. Mm-hmm. And C, I just don't – there's other games I like more. But if you said to me it has to be one or the other, I would take – you know, I would say give the 39. <laughs> Rutgers sucks. Give Michigan the- probably wins by – 47 to 50 as opposed to even in the 30s because they want to send a message. Remember, right now, style points matter to them. It matters to Oklahoma. It matters to a couple teams there that are on the fringe of a playoff berth. So for Michigan, if they keep winning big, it's only going to make them look better. 
I would I would never root for Michigan, but I do agree that this seems like the time if you're going to bet this game, they're going to just crush him because Harbaugh gets really excited, gets that tingling feeling for just putting it on bad Big Ten teams. In the ACC, there's a couple of games I want your opinion on, Kent. One being newly first place Pitt Panthers. I yeah. mean, that is just insane to say. They play Virginia Tech this week in a game that actually has some implications for how this race is going to go. Three-point favorites at home, which is telling us this is a pick them. The odds makers are giving them that home bump. But do you have a feel? I, I don't. So I can't tell you what's going to happen in this game. I have no confidence because Pitt has been two different teams every time they play. Also, Pitt's one win away from my season. I took them over five and a half on the season. They're currently right there, five and four. So they only need to win one of their last three. They have Virginia Tech at Wake Forest, at Miami. Should happen. I, it should happen. I like Pitt to win this game, and a lot of the reason is their defense has played better lately than it used to play, and Virginia Tech offensively is still not quite there. I thought Pitt looked really good against Virginia last week. They're running the football well. I would be nice if Pickett was a more polished passer and they had a couple deep threats because Virginia Tech's defense, you can hit them over the top. This is one of the worst defenses that Bud Foster's had there. Yeah. I'm going to say Pitt wins by a narrow margin, and because it's three, the better bet would just be take them on the money line rather, or at least buy the half a point and uh-huh. make it two and a half. But I expect Pitt to win this game, and if they win this, all they have to do is beat Wake Forest next week and they win the Coastal. They don't even need to beat Miami on Thanksgiving weekend. So I look at this game and I feel pretty good about Pitt's chances. I think they're a better team than Virginia Tech. The game's in Pittsburgh, and the history of this rivalry is Pitt generally beats Virginia Tech. So I'm going to take the Panthers, and I think that they win a close game, but that they find a way to win and get the 6-4 and four and continue to be first place in the Coastal. The hardest game that they have left might be Wake Forest, which, I mean. I hope it's Miami. but <laughs> Miami is just, the, the wheels have fallen well, off. The offense, the defense is still one of the best in the country, but offensively they have some major, major issues. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We talked about Clemson, Boston College. We both like Clemson. Uh, I, full game as well, right? I know you like the first half a little better, but you ride with Clemson in that full game. I would lean towards yes now. The more About a week or so ago, I would have probably said, oh, I'm all in on BC. But the more I think about this game, Boston College is a run-heavy team. They're, a lot of their passing is through play action and to the tight ends. I wouldn't be shocked if A.J. Dillon plays and he looks like an All-American style A.J. Mm. Dillon, which he has been for a while. Then I think the 20 or 19, what is it right now? 19, 19 and a half. Yeah. yeah, I would think that's a little shakier because maybe Clemson's up 34 to 13 and then they score late to make it 34 right. to 20. But the first half, I do think Dabo Swinney's going to want to send that message and he's going to want to win this game and have a big lead at the half. And so I like the 10.5 more in terms of a first-half bet. But I would probably say avoid the full line, but if I had to take it the way Clemson's played recently, mm-hmm. I would like their chances. And BC, just they're not a complete football team. They're a nice yeah. story. They're going to be going to a decent bowl game. They're in the top 20 right now. But realistically, if they play Clemson 10 times, Clemson's beaten them by three touchdowns at least six or seven of those times. The over-under in this game, 56.5. I think that's really dependent on if Dylan plays. That's a good over-under. It is. Right. I, I think. Number. If you can get under with Dylan out, I think Clemson's going to just put the clamps on. I also want to put up one other thing. Clemson that I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this too, 
they will throw late. They'll go for those style points. They will go for and it's if you're taking them to cover spreads, it's kind of nice. Yeah, they're giving they're, defensive <laughs> linemen touchdowns in the I mean, fourth quarter, and the Davos win. Now so, he's a walk on, so I get it. Like you want. Surprise doesn't score. get lit up though. If he, he keeps putting him out there, some oh, some might. somebody's going to try to make a statement. Especially in South Carolina, <laughs> yeah. it's a Will Muschamp coach, high energy. You're probably going to be losing thirty-seven to seven, and then Will Muschamp take, take his son out. Take his son out. Very gunner or very gunner stallish. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to wolf the dentist Stanton. Yeah. We're going to have to send the message right now. You lost it for us. No, you, you lost, lost it. it for yourself. Only it's going to be Will Muschamp <laughs> saying that to his team as they just walk off the field demoralized in a couple weeks. Yeah, well, hey, any Gunner Stahl reference is good. But, yeah, Davos' uh, son better keep his head up against South Carolina. I think that's what we say. An interesting line to me, because we just dive right into this stuff, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Ole Miss getting 13 points against A&M. And I've been looking at this thing funny, right? Because okay. I don't think Ole Miss is that good. But A&M getting 13 points against anybody is a little scary because I watched them go into uh, Mississippi State and just not show up. So I'm, That's a good point. I, I, I get it. A&M is the better team. They should win this game. But when you're a 13-point favorite and you're not an elite-level team, it's going to scare me. That said, I would pick A&M, but this is a too close to call for me. Yeah, just Ole Miss. And, I mean, I just don't – their defense is so horrible that on any given week they can give up 55 and it wouldn't surprise much of anybody. So I would – again, this is not one of the lines I feel great about this week. Another team in Texas, though, and I do want to bring this up. This yeah. is my upset pick of the week. All right. You want to talk about top 10 teams losing in the, the month of November? Uh, I think West Virginia is overrated. I really don't this like that. This is good. We a, disagree here because I, I, I like West Virginia to cover. I don't like West Virginia as a team that will be in the national title discussion. And TCU is a team that hasn't beaten anyone good all year. All the big teams they've they play, lost to Kansas. And they've lost to Kansas. But Gary Patterson is such a good coach. I think he gets his team up for this game. They go into Morgantown. West Virginia's coming off that high of highest of highs where you had that great Will Greer pass. Two two-point conversions, one of which was timed out. Horns right down. Horns down. And I picked Texas last week. I thought Texas would win that game. I think Texas is the better team. You lost West that Virginia. state. You lost that state in the polls. Well, I've never been all in on West Virginia or Texas in theory. But I look at TCU, and I think Gary Patterson's going to bring his A game. I definitely like them to cover. I think they're very strong likelihood yeah. to cover. But I'm going to take TCU out right there about plus 370, plus 365 on the money line. And top 10 teams are going to go down soon enough. They're not going to all keep winning. This is the perfect situation for West Virginia to lay an egg, which they do pretty much every year, home or away. And for a team like TCU to just come out, you know, Kane style from the dead, <laughs> pull his hand up for Undertaker from under the ring and grab somebody and pin them down to the gates of hell. Yeah, this could be a buried alive and match. Buried alive match. And we know Gary Patterson. Holgerson's going to fight until he has nothing left. Yeah. But Gary Patterson will find a way to win those type of matches. So I'm going to go TCU on the big upset here. I'm not hearing a lot of people nationally pick this game, but I'm all in on the Horned Frogs this week. I think they're going to upset the ears. I think West Virginia had that late egg against Iowa State. That'd be my counter. Iowa to... State's a better football team than West Virginia. Ooh, TCU's ooh, not a okay. better football right. team. Okay. Oh, I've already said, uh, I've said on multiple <laughs> platforms this week that I think... You're back to loving, <laughs> back to fully well, invested in names, huh? I don't know if I'm fully invested <laughs> in names, but if you're going to ask me who's the better football team, Iowa State to me is, I don't even think it's really that much of a question at this moment. They have a much better defense. They have a pretty polished 
run and pass game. Hakeem Butler's a great receiver. I think offensively, David Montgomery's better than any back West Virginia has, and Brock Purdy as a freshman's awesome. So, yes, if, I don't think – they did lay an egg against Iowa State, but that's a matchup that just doesn't favor West Virginia because it's actually against a good defense. And who's the other defense in the Big 12 that a lot of times steps up and shows up? It's TCU. You're right there. I think they'll do it this week. I really do. I think Sills is going to be a beast. I like him. He played a great, great game against Texas. There, there could be something there, but I just I'm rolling with Will Greer. I think they have their season in front of them. They usually do lay eggs, but they've gone a lot farther in their season than in years past. So they have everything in front of them with Oklahoma looming at the end of the year. We'll see there. But th- this is good. We got some good. We got some good disagreement here. We got some good talk here. I'm running with the money. Episode eleven. What about this one? How are we feeling about an upset here, Kent? Tennessee at home against Kentucky. It's getting a little trendiness. I mean, six points. I don't. I don't know. I can't really. Yet. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not taking, there either. I'm but. not taking Tennessee yet, especially when I know Kentucky plays very good defense and they can run the football until further notice. Look, if Pruitt happens to win this, it'd be the biggest win they've had all season by far, the biggest win they've had in years. But no, until I just can't. I can't take them. The line is low enough that it makes you wonder, like, why is a top eleven team only favored by less than a touchdown against the Vols? But no, I'm not. I'm not buying into Tennessee. Certainly not winning this. But even covering would be a little bit of a stretch. So I'm not buying it either. Buying into Tennessee just yet. But to answer your question, why is the top eleven team? Because they're just not that good. I'm still not well, on their the defense. Okay. Okay. So one side of the yeah. ball, they're very good. Yeah, I would say they're very good against. They will be very good in this game. I do like the under actually forty two. It's not a lot of points, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring. That's a good point. They, uh, I, you put them against a team like Georgia or a team that's an actual top team, I think they're going to score on that defense. So, uh, But, yeah, Tennessee's not there yet. This would be – it's crazy. They beat Auburn, but if they beat Kentucky, we'll all be in agreement to say that this would be their biggest win so far, which is – you would not have thought to say that at the beginning of the year. Let's get to your boys – or your former boys in Ames, Iowa, because they're playing Baylor this week, two touchdowns. Now, I want to address something here. Okay. You're fully in on Ames, right? Because I told you last week that there was some digging I was going to do. What type of digging? What do you mean? Well, we found something that uh, – well, I'm just I'm just going to play it. I think I, – I, I want to play it and I want your reaction to it. But this is what I found on Kent Brown last week in the Ames area. This was forwarded to me by a listener who is very concerned and alarmed. I was told – I was told that – She's been taken care of, and you'll never see her again. Well, <laughs> well, we can hear from her because here it is right now. This is Kent Brown last week on the Ames Airwaves. Yeah, I think the Ames Airwaves. Here it is. Do you want to be helped both economically and spiritually? Well, Kent Brown is there for you. Whether it's getting that cover with Iowa or Iowa State or helping you around Ames or Iowa City, Kent Brown is here for you. And I endorse this cover, and more importantly, I endorse the great state of Iowa and all the great people in this state. So come election night, if join Hawkeye Nation, join Cyclone Nation, and more importantly, vote with your heart. The answer is Kent Brown. Well, well, well. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I have to say that, first of all, I'm extremely disappointed in the people of the great state of Iowa that I was not elected. You were right in. (laughs) You had no backing. And I don't even think it's legal that if you were elected. (laughs) It was definitely legal. We had that worked out thanks to some of the people that Matt Gothard connected me with and the Ames and Iowa City area. I don't think anyone's ever been implicated on a sports podcast like this before, but well, go ahead. 
Uh, that's true. I probably shouldn't have mentioned that on the airways, but you know what? I'm not a politician anymore, so I'm going to be more honest. I think that overall it was, I loved what I saw out of Ames. They were good for me. I loved what I saw out of Iowa City. They were good for me. But the fact that the people didn't show up to the polling booths and support Kent Brown the way they should have. And frankly, it was a little bit of, of disrespect. There's no doubt about that. I think I've been nothing but good to Kirk Ferentz and Matt Campbell and everybody on those coaching staffs. And for both teams, I gave them all. I, I personally hand-delivered patches that I wanted them to wear on their helmets last week. That new juice bar. And neither Iowa State or Iowa wore the Kent Brown patch on their helmets. I mean, they have American Needs Farmers on the Iowa helmets. Iowa State has the Big 12 logo. I think Kent Brown supersedes the farming needs of Iowa and certainly supersedes the Big 12 needs of Iowa State. And so for those schools not to support me in the way I needed it last week and then the voters to not vote me in, right in or not, that's ridiculous, uh, I'll say I'm abstaining from Iowa or Iowa State this week. I will not be voting for either of them. I'm not saying that I can't fall back in love with the great cities of Iowa City and Ames, but for now, Mitch, I don't know where you found that. I would say that you're not going to hear anything like that again on the airwaves in Ames anytime soon or Iowa City. But, hey, two years from now, there are more elections. <laughs> There's other cities to be had. And let's just say that I'm already building bridges in some places like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Oof. and potentially Logan, Utah, where Utah State lies. And we know how Utah State's been good to me lately, too. So, And don't think right now, I was... You know, I'm a Catholic as of now, but don't think for a second I can't turn Mormon and go all in. So in two years, you know, I can become a devout born-again Christian down in Tuscaloosa and a devout Mormon over in Logan, and I can do it at the same time, and I can win one of those cities. You know, I I think losing losing your election and the lack of respect, that has to hurt the most, right? Well, maybe the second most. Oh, well, definitely, yeah. now, definitely the, the other, other thing, thing, the other thing yeah. hurt the most. Yeah. But yes, the lack of respect was the second yeah. most. There's no doubt about that. And the fact that some people have never even heard about that, yeah. like, how could you never hear about that? I just, I don't, I don't get it. It's amazing. It, it is. really is. Yeah. It is. And then to throw the word tubby out there was just, come on, you I can't know, do not, that. Not that. You can't do that. So yeah, I'm abstaining from any Iowa or Iowa State endorsement this week for sure. But I will say, watch out for the people of Utah State. Those Aggies are doing something special there over in Logan, Utah. And I'm not opposed to saying, I know it's 31 points, but ride me on some teasers. I will absolutely be playing Utah State against the Spartans of San Jose State this weekend. Well, I'm on Iowa State to cover two touchdowns against Baylor. I like that. I think they keep it going. Maybe they do, but again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say if I endorse that or not. But overall, I definitely do not support that decision this week because those people didn't support me this week. And then some quick hitters. I like Navy plus 24 and a half against Central Florida. That's what I'm seeing. And I, think I can they, see that because it's shortened possessions. It's limited yeah. possessions. Three, can, that's it, over three touchdowns. You see like that's going to score a ton. Yeah. But yeah, who's to say it won't be 37 to 17? Exactly. Yeah. Then, you're in the, then you're fine. Or even like a 44 to like 27. Like you're just right in that range. 
um, Miami and <laughs> Georgia Tech. Yeah. A sad state Next. of affairs there. Yeah, I uh, this is this isn't going well. The best thing is you have the varsity right up the road at Georgia Tech, which is one of the best burger and hot dog places in all of the United That's States. That's your preview so, of the game. Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you're going to that game, enjoy the varsity before the game because those three and a half hours are not going to be all that entertaining. I'll just the junior about, varsity on the field, yeah, basically. Right, exactly. I'll say this about Mark Rick. I love him as a head coach. I still believe in him. I love Manny Diaz as a D coordinator. Uh, Miami's defense has been top-notch. Mark Rick needs to step away as a play caller, bring in somebody into that staff that can coach up this offense and become a bit more creative because what Miami did last year was they had a dominant defense, they forced a ton of turnovers, and the offense was good enough to survive a bunch of games. They wasn't necessarily blowing people out. Outside right. of the Notre Dame game, they really weren't just laying the hammer to, to many teams. And you watch Miami's offense this year, and it's just a disappointment start to finish. So, yeah, I hopefully the Hurricanes can win out. If they do, 8-4 and four still a down season. But at least that's something to play for. And if they win out, they might have a chance to sneak in as a Coastal representative. So who the heck knows? Yeah, that's that's very well said. It's a lot of time spent on a terrible game, but hey, that's what we do here. Bedlam, rivalry, and it's funny that we could even call it a rivalry because in the last like 100 times they played, I think it's like 86-14 and 14 for hey, Oklahoma. Don't tell our buddy Robbie that. <laughs> no. I did ask him his thoughts on this game, and he said, stay away. I have no idea how we're going to play, which is always a good thing when you're a three-touchdown underdog. I liked Texas Tech last week. That was one of my better go-to bets, and I thought, frankly, if – Bowman, their starting quarterback. Money line, you if think? If he doesn't like, go down, yeah. if he didn't go down, I thought Texas Tech would have beaten Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's vastly overrated as well. And frankly, maybe they should deserve to be six or seven or eight, whatever. But their defense is so bad. This would be a fun. I like the over, 79 and a half. Like, it's crazy high points, but. This would be a fun <laughs> money line in that you are going in with nothing to lose. You're going to get it at great odds. And I would not be at all surprised if we go to the fourth quarter and it's within seven. And if that's the case, you can get the money line at plus 980. That's basically 10 to 1 odds. I'm probably going to throw 10 or 20 bucks on it just because why not? If you happen to win, that's a huge odds. And if you lose it, what's the difference? But, again, I'm not expecting it to hit. But for almost 10 to 1 odds in a rivalry game in which you know the other defense can't stop anybody, and I'm talking about Oklahoma's defense, Oklahoma State's going to score. Their defense can't stop anybody. I don't want to touch you over under because that's a lot of points. But nine, nine, almost ten to one. I can take the pokes here and at least say probably with ten minutes left in this game, I'm not out of it yet. And that's fun if you got it at ten to one. Yeah, I just I think points galore. I think Oklahoma State's defense isn't very good either, and I think it's going to be. I, I do think a one score game in the fourth quarter is possible, and it's also still possible in that same scenario that Oklahoma covers and just scores three touchdowns. Well, very true. That's so. why the money line's fun because then you don't care about if it's twenty eight or seven. You just want it to be close, and then hopefully try to steal one. I'm looking also quickly at two touchdown dog South Florida at Cincinnati. Ooh, I would take the Bearcats. You like the Bearcats there? USF is not good. Cincinnati's pretty damn good. Oh, and back on them after the Temple job. win, huh? Well, that, I mean, they were playing the powerhouse known as Temple. <laughs> yeah. And that is their, again, that's their only loss. Shocking that they lost that game. <laughs> but uh, another one that I'm intrigued with, and I'm just looking at some of the lines here, I think that this is kind of a sleeper sort of bet. Colorado plus six against Washington State, who keeps surviving these games. Finally lost their first spread, though, last week. True. 
barely, but they mm-hmm. did. Colorado, LaVisca Chenault hinted earlier this week that he should play, meaning like he thinks he's healthy enough to play. If he's out there, Colorado is almost due. They've been struggling. That Oregon State loss a couple weeks ago was embarrassing. They blew a huge lead in that game. I think Colorado is going to beat Washington State this week. If if LaVisca Chenault plays, this would be one wait until day of. Find the reports, and if you find out Chenault's playing, I expect the Buffaloes to win this, and that line at six is pretty friendly, and a money line bet wouldn't be all that bad either because if you do that, you're probably going to get them at, like, plus 180, plus 185, and overall, that's not a bad number to give because – Again, Washington State, we love Mike Leach. We know that they've covered almost every line, but they're not a top 10 talented team no. at all. In fact, their talent is more like a top 40, top 50 type of team. Yeah, right now you can get the money line at plus 203. That's a good money line to take for a Colorado team at home facing a team that they might have as much talent as the other team. It would kill, and that's the befitting Colorado ends the Pac 12's playoff chances this week. It's very, very possible. Washington State is going to lose this game. Another Pac-12 thing, I think Utah's going to win at home by more than four points against Oregon. Yeah. Oregon's kind of just, they, you know what's funny is we look at these games like, oh, Oregon-Washington was this like epic game of proportions, and now both those teams are, are going south fast. I picked Utah on my pick like on another podcast I do earlier this week, but here's my issue now. Zach Moss, are starting running back, officially out. Tyler Huntley, their quarterback, out. Like, their top two mm-hmm. guys in the backfield. Their starting quarterback and running back are both out. That's risky. Now, their defense is what generally makes or breaks them. And it is – it's at Rice-Eccles. It's in Salt Lake. And there's, you know, a lot – again, a lot of great people in the state so, of Utah. So, love them. So – but Oregon, I would just say avoid it. Because when there's injuries involved – you know, I gave, unfortunately, earlier this year, Gothard was all about Duke against Baylor. And then I threw out the Daniel Jones had a – a broken collarbone and he ended up not taking it and Duke still covered easily when there's injuries <laughs> you know when there's injuries I, I have a harder you cannot time be held responsible yeah, well, for and, well, or I have a no. harder time evaluating these games because you just don't know how somebody's going to play who's not normally in this situation so I would just say avoid that game altogether will you be avoiding Iowa Northwestern or I know oh, I know I know Iowa was your pick preseason to win a bunch of games. Yeah, they only need they only need to win two two of their last three. And well, one of them is Nebraska. <laughs> so I'll say right now, I think Iowa beats Northwestern. Eleven know, is a lot though. I don't That's know about what the we're cover. we're talking eleven with a team that is conservative by nature. Right. And again, I'm abstaining you, from any pick, so I'm not going to endorse anyone. <laughs> but I will I will say for both Iowa and Iowa State, I will say this: I think they both win this week. Right. I'm Agreed. just not sure if they cover. 11's too high for too rich for my blood, as they say. When it got into double digits, I just I had to check out a little bit there. But I would pick Northwestern. But yeah, we'll stay away from this game. Maybe well, if you need new blood, I, I know somebody. He so knows I can somebody. Help you out. Yeah, Doctor Farthing. He's yeah. down in Mexico. He he yeah. definitely definitely has some connections. Yeah, I think I think on a side. How many note, toes does he have? Well, let's just say he has less toes than. Oregon State has conference wins this year, but yeah, he, can still, he can still move around pretty well. A couple other games on running with the money that we're going to be discussing. Auburn, Georgia. Georgia two touchdown favorites at home. It's always tricky when Georgia has to lay the points. Auburn does win last week, but to be fair, 
to be fair, they've had a terrible season. Georgia gets that win. They know they're in the SEC East title. They won the SEC East title with that win over Kentucky. I don't know why, Kent, but I'm I'm a little afraid of actually riding Georgia to win again by 14, 15 points. Maybe it's that letdown factor where, yeah, they have to get this win to keep their hopes alive, but they've already won the SEC East title. I just think this could be a sluggish 9, 10, 11 point Georgia win. I, I tend to agree with you there. I feel like Auburn might show up and play a more complete offensive game. Defensively, we know Auburn has some really good players up front. For Georgia to win this game and cover, Jake Fromm's going to have to play a complete game. Maybe he will, but I'm, if I had to lean towards one or the other, I'm more with you, probably 10, 11, 12 point win. 14, maybe it's 14, but the fact that it's not up to 14 and a half or 15 is why I generally would just avoid this. But overall, Auburn probably shows up and makes this somewhat of a competitive game. But Georgia still is very much in the national title race. They're trying to impress the pollsters, continue to win big. And if you beat a now-ranked Auburn team again, that's going to help you a bit. So, again, Georgia wins. They probably don't cover. Do you feel the same way about – or I'll, let me rephrase it this way. Another game I'm looking at is Wisconsin and Penn State. Penn State, <laughs> eight-and-a-half-point favorites against Wisconsin at home. I know Wisconsin hasn't exactly looked good. so many issues, yeah. But Penn State has been reeling as well. I thought this line would be about five. That's what I was thinking when it when it first came out. Eight or so, that's just that's a lot. This I would lean those, Wisconsin, but this is another don't really have a feel on the pulse of this one. Sadly, this is one of those it seems like it's too good to be true because it probably is, meaning like Wisconsin should definitely not lose by nine plus, but they probably will. So I actually would take Penn State in this one. If I had to, because I think Penn State will show up. They'll play a good game. They'll find a way to win by double figure. So I would go the Nittany Lions here. What I wouldn't endorse is that cruise that they have now. Have you heard about this? (laughs) This is a real thing. All right. Okay. This is a real real. thing. I'm going to show you. This isn't made up. Yeah. The Nittany Legends await you. You can book your cabin now. I'm just going to read. I'm going to read a a couple things about this. Yeah. This is through the Happy Valley Charter Cruise. That's what it's called. It's March 4th through 8th. It's a cruise. It starts at just $1,395. Mm. And here's their cruise itinerary. Because this is more fun to talk about than Penn State football. Yeah, yeah. Monday. Okay. Let's go down to Port Canaveral in Florida. Okay. Day two, you're going to Coco Cay Island, which they've renamed Paternoville. Oh, man. Day three, they're down in Nassau and Paradise Island over in the Bahamas. Day four on Thursday, March 7th. Get ready. It's Joe Paterno Day at Sea. This is not made up, by the way. This is actually real. And then the final day, they're back at Port Canaveral up in Central Florida, and that's when you go home to wherever you live. But look at that. Joe, Joe Paterno Day at Sea. So you know what that means is a lot of things will happen, but nobody will see anything. That's the way it works. My heart, my heart. Oh, and then that's it. Okay, well... We still got to talk Bama, right? We do. Yeah, that was the coming up next. Bama 24, I'm seeing Mississippi State. We like the first half line. And Love the first half. That's where I'm at. Like I'm, 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 yeah, look, to be frank, last week our moneymaker was full game, but I was more heavily invested in that first half. And I think first half is the way to go. And, and that would be my advice to anybody that wants to throw action on Bama. Just go first half. Don't think about it. That's the easier one. Now, if you want to live a little dangerously, full game would be good. I just think that Bama gets up. They're going to be up 30 points in this game at some point. It's just a matter of 
how much do they want to expose two out there? Two has been amazing, and, and I don't think even amazing does it justice. He's gonna he's putting together one of the best seasons we've ever seen in college football. I just look, I I I think this game will be if you're taking Bama full, a little closer than you'd like. You'd be some tension. I just don't think there's gonna be tension with that first half line. Yeah, he's still banged up. So for two, if they are up thirty-three to seven. I don't think they really care if they bench him and then they lose, or sorry, they win 33 to 14. It's not going to make or break Alabama season. I know what you're saying. The first half we really love. Right now, I believe it's right at 14. So, if, if, I mean, I'd love it even more if it's 13 and a half. That'd be awesome. Honestly, I'd probably buy the half point and make it 13 and a half. But for the full game, I really think that this could be one. I love Bama. I would only take the first half line this week, and a lot of it has to do with what you said. Here's trivia for you, Mitch. How many touchdowns has Mississippi State allowed this entire season? Total. How many total touchdowns? So they're 6-3 on the season. We already heard Gothard's voicemail where where Mississippi State has scored seven points or less on a few of their losses. But how many touchdowns have they allowed? Ah, man, this is, uh, I don't know, 25? Nine. Nine. And they've only allowed two passing touchdowns. Ooh. So they've only allowed nine total touchdowns in nine games. So that's that's gonna... a good thing for them if you if you're gonna give 24 okay. points away. Cool. Here so this comes is why, Bama. This is why. Well, right, but this is why the first half line I like because Bama just shows up, and if they get up 23 to seven, awesome, you win it. Seven half-time. is. I, they're but, not gonna move the ball on Bama. That's where we're looking at it. Yeah. So and overall, second half I don't even want to worry about, mm-hmm. but the first half I feel pretty good that Bama will cover. But Mississippi State's defense is definitely for real, and not that LSU's wasn't because theirs is too. They might hold Bama under 30 or 35. They're just not going to score much. So that's where the first half line is why I like it. Don't want to touch a second, but i got to give credit to Mississippi State. Defensively, they've been very, very good. I like some quick hitters for you. I like Purdue to cover that road spread against Minnesota. I know it's double digits. I'm not high on Minnesota. And I like Texas Tech to beat Texas. Went out right at home. That's one that I think they're the team that's going to win. I think Texas has got some issues defensively. I like them. Tech at home. A little slight home underdog there, but I like that there. And I wanted your opinion on something else. You know what the longest winning streak right now in college football is? Ever since Kentucky beat Florida. You know what the new longest is? Oh, you mean rivalry Rivalry game, yeah. I actually don't know. Well, give me a clue. It's happening this weekend, and we haven't talked about it yet. Oh, boy. Uh, And it's coming to a city near you. Oh, it's it's here. Is it is it Cal USC? Cal USC. It's wow. been over. It's been fourteen years. Holy oh, crap! four since that team when when Cal fourteen fifteen years when Cal we're talking FCS Power Five conferences. Just to be clear, FBS. FBS. Sorry, FBS. But yeah, it was that year when uh, USC won the AP poll, I believe, but didn't win the BCS title because right. they lost to Cal in an OT game. Wow. That was the last time. Haven't beaten them since. Interesting. I wonder if it changes this year. Just because Cal is kind of there, they're a tale of two teams, yeah, and they, they run out two quarterbacks for whatever reason, which mm. I don't quite get it all the time. But USC, look, man, I, I did, they've had better years. They've had better eras in their program. Helton is kind of souring on some people. Five-point line for USC at home. I, why not? I, I like to live adventurously. I might sprinkle a little on Cal here. You do, based on what I saw in your living room this morning when I came in. You absolutely. Hey, love that was not there when I when I woke up this morning. Hey, it, it was there when I came in, and that's all I can say. I know you'll clean up after, but that's fine. Eventually, it comes out of the carpet, right? Uh, you can, yeah. Just yeah. you know, 
You can get anything out of the carpet. Um, where, where do we even get there from? I don't know. LSU and uh, Arkansas. LSU. Gothard's boys. Here's 13 where, and a half points. Here's where I don't It's like a bet this. against Arkansas. Can we just say that? That's, that's it is, what it was. That's true because Arkansas has been terrible. Here's where I don't like this. If you look at the pattern of LSU the past previous seven years or so after they lose to Alabama, they really go in a tailspin. And they generally don't recover. And... Arkansas is the type of team, they have nothing to lose, or maybe they throw five trick plays into the mix. They bring some exotic pressures that they haven't really brought this year because if they lose 33-10, to 10, nobody cares. But if it's close, then all the pressures on Joe Burrow and, and Louisiana State, I would just say avoid this game. I understand where Gothard's coming from, and probably analytics-wise, it's screaming at you to take LSU, but just based on their past history, after they fall to Bama, they normally fall apart quite a bit. And so that's where I would just avoid the game. And after getting shut out, I don't really want to just bet on you the next week. You know, I felt like at least score right. three and maybe I'll buy into you. But when you get shut out, I know it's Bama, but it's not like Bama's defense this year has been the best in program history. Their offense has been great. There's no reason for LSU to get shut out in a big game against you, anybody. You brought up a good point that we see in college football time and time again. When a quarterback just falls off the deep end, when they look shell-shocked, they, they often don't get it back. So we're putting a lot of confidence in Burrow bouncing back, and I just don't know. But yeah, like you said, I want to see him play a game, too. It just sucks the way the scheduling works. It would be nice if you can get Arkansas a week or two from now. A couple games, and then we're going to make our moneymaker pick. A couple more to talk about. Actually, we'll do uh, we'll do two more, and uh, it's the games we want to talk about. Ohio State, Michigan State, three points. Ohio State's been struggling. I really like Ohio State. You like State the Buckeyes, though. Yeah, I do, and a lot of it is what Michigan State does well doesn't really factor into Ohio State, meaning – Ohio State doesn't run the ball well. Michigan's great at stopping the run. Michigan State is, sorry. Ohio State probably isn't going to even attempt to run the football much in this game. They're probably going to pass 50, 55 times. You're going to get Dobbins in the passing game. You're going to get Paris Campbell and the outside receivers mixed in. And they also don't – the other thing that hurts Ohio State right now is when they go up against a dynamic offense where now they're playing like a 37 to 33 type of shootout – that's not Michigan State. No. You're right. They're going to yeah. slow it down. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to limit possessions. They're going to try to run the football even though they don't run it well. And I feel like this is an Ohio State 10-point win. I don't think they win by 30. I don't think they lose by 30 I, like they did against Purdue. I think that they end up winning by 10. It's probably something like 28-17, 27-17, somewhere in that ballpark. But I'm looking forward to this game because, you know, I like – watching Big Ten football. I grew up watching a lot of it. But that over-under at 50, I would lean more towards saying that probably if Ohio State wins, it's slightly under. But even if Michigan State wins, it's probably slightly under. So I kind of like the under 50 as well. But I would go Ohio State minus 3.5. I feel pretty good about them covering. Nebraska kept them on their heels with that tempo. I think it's that simple. Purdue did the same thing, and that's their big weakness. Michigan State doesn't play that fast. I know it kind of goes... A little off record to say that I like Ohio State more, given that Michigan State's given them close games. But, yeah, 10, 13 points sounds about right for Ohio State. And then lastly, got to go Notre Dame, Florida State. With uh, with all that's gone down, with the injury to book, you said now two weeks looks like he's going to be out the yeah, line. Yeah, that's what the reporters that I follow pretty closely, Tim O'Malley, Pete Sampson, Tim Priester for Irish Illustrated and The Athletic, all of them – who are well-connected with Notre Dame, seem to indicate this looks like a two-week injury. He sustained it against Northwestern early in that game. He battled through and was really great. But, yes, it does hurt the, the Irish a little bit. But let's be real. 
Florida State sucks. Yes. Their offensive and- line is terrible. It's going to be like 20-some degrees, high winds. I think a lot of the players Green are jerseys. out. Green jerseys great, are out Great there. acting by the Notre Dame team and Brian Kelly. Well, Brian Kelly was in character. Yeah, Kelly was in character. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of acted like the coach that's kind of a dick. But, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, Notre Dame has t- tweeted it out. They did a, a recreation of the Rudy scene where the players come and put their jerseys down, but instead of it being for the walk-on, it's so they can wear green jerseys on senior day. For Notre Dame, Brandon Wimbush is also a winner. Brandon Wimbush beat Michigan this year. He went in last year, beat NC State soundly when they had Bradley Chubb and Contavious Street and that great defensive mm-hmm. line. He beat USC by 35 points. He's won big games. And the one thing Florida State can't do, they can't run the football, they can't protect the quarterback. None of that has anything to do with Ian Book. So Notre Dame's defense is going to be in the backfield all game. I saw a stat this week that I thought was just almost humiliating for Florida State. <laughs> There's only two Power 5 running backs in the entire country that have averaged less than one yard per carry before contact. Think about how bad that is. Did you just hear that? Yeah. It's Florida State's number one and number two running back. Cam, <laughs> Cam Akers is at .85, and then Jacquez Patrick is at .5. He's only averaging a half a yard, and these were highly Just give talented. these guys a chance. Cam Akers was the number one running back yeah. in the country coming out of high school. They can't protect anybody in the backfield. They oh, don't know no, if it's well, We know be, they can't protect anybody in Tallahassee. We know, know that. They, they don't know if it's going to be Francois or if it's going to be Blackman. I don't really think it makes a difference. Yeah. Notre Dame's defense is going to rise to the occasion. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to play hard. And Brandon Wimbush is going to do enough on the ground. I don't know about the 16 or 15 and a half now. I still like Notre Dame in the first half because I think they send the message. I would have loved all of it if Book was playing. Here's trivia for you. Take a guess More. what Ian Book's completion percentage has been in the fourth quarter this year. No, he's leading the nation yeah. with a 74 and a half percent. I'd say 82. Total. 87%. Sidney Crosby there, 87. Yeah. That's insane. Now he's out. But I expect Wimbush to come in, play hard. They're going to run the football well. Maybe Notre Dame only scores... 33 or 30, but Florida State's probably not breaking the 13-point mark, and that probably means Notre Dame covers slightly, but I love the first half line in this game. And frankly, the better bet in this game, and I know it's dropped points a couple down, points since, under. take the under, yeah. and I'm going to look up exactly what that is. It was 51 last I saw. I think it's at 50 and a half, but the under would be a very wise bet to take this week if you think that Notre 15 Dame... 15 and a half, yeah. Yeah, so if you think Notre Dame's not scoring 40, then take the under because it's probably going to be like a 30 to 13 or 27 to 13 type of win. But I'm going Irish and I think that they win comfortably. I'm glad they're wearing the green jerseys. I don't like the Seminoles. I love watching them play this year for all the wrong reasons in terms of they suck. And I think Notre Dame shows up on senior day and plays pretty well with or without book. I think Wimbush will be fine. More long drives, more back-breaking, kind of soul-crushing drives, and maybe not indicative of covering these big spreads, but they'll be fine with Wimbush there. Yeah, that turnover backpack, man, that better have transfer papers in it because it's that's not going well for uh, the people of Tallahassee. All right. No, it's not. <laughs> Cameron's still not going well. Ken Brown, Money Mitch Effect, host myself on Running With The Money. Matt Gothard gave us some picks. We're... we're we're missing him. We hope he's doing well. We hope he's doing well in Pullman slash Vegas slash wherever he is. Yeah, he's somewhere a little bit in the mountain region, so to speak. Or maybe he's still hanging out in the Pacific time zone region of Nevada. But yes, Gothard threw out Fresno State. I love Fresno State as well. And this is where I'm going to try to sell you, Mitch. And I know you like him as well. 
we haven't done a Friday moneymaker mm-hmm. yet, so we can get on an early start. We can potentially even double down and take one on Saturday. If we lose, we bounce back and we take one. If we win, we go double down and figure out one for Saturday. If we win Saturday we gotta, Vegas. We've got to do a Friday <laughs> moneymaker. We haven't done it once this year. We know we're doing right. Hey, hey, also, I'll say this right now. I don't even know what the line is. I've been telling you guys the last couple of weeks to take Buffalo. Next week, Buffalo plays Ohio, who Ooh. sadly is coming off a loss to Miami, Ohio. I would have Maybe loved that's it. it. Ooh. But I'll, tell you, I'll say right now. We absolutely, I don't care what the line is next week, I'm taking Buffalo over over Ohio U. Forget Oxford, Ohio. It's all about... Athens, Ohio. All, Athens, Ohio. <laughs> I should say Oxford's Miami, Ohio. No, forget yeah. Ohio. But Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo's going to win that game and they're going to cover. I don't even care what the line is. That's next Wednesday, so it's before we do our but next show. you like show. Fresno, two and a half tonight. Love Fresno Let's go. tonight. we got to do a Friday moneymaker for the first time. We're doing Gothard loves it. I love it. You love it. Let's take Jeff Tedford. Let's take the Bulldogs. And forget those guys on the blue turf. It's going to be bulldog love on the blue turf tonight. And we're going to be rolling and <laughs> bulldog that money. Oh, yeah. We know what that means. Just avert your eyes if it could last a while. Um, yeah, let's do it. Friday Moneymaker. Check in Saturday with us as well because we're going we're gonna to drop a bonus. Win or lose, I think we're going to drop another we'll pick. we tweeting out a little hashtag. Moneymaker. Well, double. Oh, yeah. You got to, you got to, you, you know, sometimes you got to just, sometimes you just got to pay for double. That's, believe, believe <laughs> sometimes you just got to just go back know, to the one's wall. One's better looking than the other, but sometimes, hey, yeah. we'll take both and, yeah. you know what, she can still do her job too. Yeah, I mean, like, and she being the hypothetical bet, right? Because well, like, being, we're, we're, yeah. we're, 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 we're pro females on this podcast and we don't want to say he, no, she, like she being the bet. Yeah, who's to say? It's like in Dogma, the movie Dogma, the great Kevin Smith movie that yeah. was filmed. And you didn't say, I bless three, you. In God three bless rivers. you and I sneezed. That's very true yeah. too, but you know, who's to say God is a he? It could easily be a she. And yeah. the same goes with these teams. Take Fresno State tonight. We'll find another one for Saturday. And we're 7 3 or 7, seven 2, two and one. 1. And man. Eight and two would sound better than seven two and one, but it's Ties. almost like you have to have one push along the way. We're gonna win this. It's gonna be eight two and one, and then we're gonna find you one on Saturday as well. There's only a couple weeks left in the regular season. Only three weeks left, and then you know what has to happen when it's Army versus Navy. We got to figure out one bet that week, no matter what. It's either Army, Navy, or an over under. Right. But we have to take one that week as well. And then you have playoffs coming up. FCS playoffs. We have. College football, you get started having bowl games a few weeks after, so it'll it'll keep moving. But go Fresno State tonight. Prove that you're a top twenty team. They're ranked twenty third in the playoff committee's poll. I like the Bulldogs to win, and I think they win by a touchdown or more. It's very Howard Dean like. Then we're gonna go here. Then we're gonna go here. And then, you know, <laughs> still playing that political game, but I like it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> Kent Brown, Matt Gother. Thanks again to him. Thanks to Kent here for coming in and giving us his picks and not a thanks to the the people of iowa this week that's all i'll say no stay safe i'm mitch michaels this was running with the money be careful with your bets and we'll see you next week enjoy the football